Hey guys, Frank here. Just wanted to step in real quick to kind of give you guys a heads up here. The first around nine minutes of this episode, I'm using the wrong audio for my track. Unfortunately, we had an issue with the recording and we had to use the streams audio for that part. It's going to sound a little weird, but uh, around the nine minute mark, it kicks in with my regular mic. Thank you so much for your patience. I really appreciate that. And of course, thank you so much for your listen. And I hope you guys enjoy the show. Hey all, and welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm joined by Jonathan. Hey, hey, yo. And Squeaks. Squeaks! Uh, <laughs> uh, before we get started, I want to address one thing uh, podcast-wise. Uh, we are now ad-supported, of course. You guys have been hearing those Audible ads, and we have two additional ads going to be coming up. Um, we will only be doing one ad per episode, so that's my guarantee to you guys. Uh, only one ad per episode, so you're not you know, just swamped by these things. Uh, and the next two are going to be the other two companies working with are video game related. So that's going to be really fun for you. Uh, and, and of course, fun for us. But because we're ad supported now, we're going to go ahead and close down our Patreon. Uh, we really appreciate those who have been supporting us. Some of us, some of you have been around the, since the beginning. Uh, I just don't feel comfortable being like, listen to this ad and give us money each month. And um, so if you guys want like that extra geek freakness in your life, which of course you all do, join us on Discord where we're always chatting and whatnot. So. Uh, just hang out with us on Discord is, is a good alternative to Patreon. All right, uh, Squeaks, what have you been playing? What have you been watching? What I've been playing is a little bit of Star Wars Squadrons, which I'm having a blast of. And also, I went back to play some Sonic Forces. I felt like I needed a little bit more Sonic in my life, so I went back and um, starting to play that again. Uh, oh, see, there you go. <laughs> uh, Watching-wise, I just finished within less than 24 hours the Hill House... The Haunting of Bly Manor. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, I think the story was great. It's the only thing that hooked me into it. But not as good as the first season they did of Hill House. Because they took out a lot of that spooky eeriness to the to the show. And that's what one thing that hooked me with the, with the original season. Um, so not as good as the first one, but a great story. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. I still have to watch yeah. it, so it's definitely on my list. Uh, yeah, really good. Are you far enough? On squadrons to give it a quick review. Uh, like four hours in out of a ten-hour campaign, so I don't know if that's really, yeah, yeah. Uh, John, what about you, man? What are you playing? What are you watching? Uh, I haven't been playing anything honestly over the last couple of weeks, but I am watching. I know, I know. Uh, watching a lot of Star Trek though. My goal, I was, I was thinking about if I'm gonna watch, I want to watch every episode of Star Trek produced, anything with a Star Trek title. Which is ambitious, no doubt, because there's a lot of content. But I'm like, man, if I'm going to go through and watch every episode of a certain kind of show, I should be documenting something, make some kind of uh, review of each episode or something like that. So, yeah, I'm not sure if I should do like a synopsis of each episode or just a rating of each episode or something like that. But I'm going to figure something out. But I'm, I'm going to start with the original series and work my way through all of them. It's going to be probably like, you know, the next three or four years, probably. If you need we'll any assistance with that, you know I'm 100% on board with this idea, man. Oh, yeah. I'll rewatch all of them. And of course, of course, there's always like, well, we could record an episode for each of them, but that's a lot of work. So I'm not saying that. Yeah, that'll take forever. <laughs> no, we know how that is. Maybe we could do one for each season or something like that. There uh, you go. Yeah. Uh, okay, so for me, playing uh, the Pikmin 3 demo, uh, because it's it's the Pikmin 3 Deluxe, which is on the Switch. The demo's available for everybody. Check that out. It's been a lot of fun. It's my first Pikmin game. And I'm really liking it, actually. I think this was something I should be picked. I'm going to pick it up once it's fully on release, which is later in October. Awesome. Uh, Watching-wise, uh, I watched the Cowboys lose today, so I'm really sad. No, they won today, but we lost Dak <laughs> Prescott, so really we lost. Uh, 
anyways, um, what else have I been watching? I don't know, just kind of this and that, really, kind of bouncing around a lot. Oh, Fargo's really good, guys. This, this season of Fargo is really good with Chris Rock. Yeah, Chris Rock. Uh, really good. Can't say just enough. So that's about it. Okay, let's move on to the news. Rambo joins Mortal Kombat, and Squeaks are looking at you for this. Uh, Rambo is going to be voiced by Sly Stallone in this. Uh, we're also being, uh, we're also getting Rain and Melina, and uh, and this is kind of the third of these eighty action heroes that are joining the team. What do you? How do you think Rambo's going to do, Squeaks? Um, I think he's going to. I'm a little nervous because I feel like he might play out as Terminator. Um, so I'm hoping, and we've been getting a lot of characters with guns in Mortal Kombat. So I feel hopefully he doesn't get just drawn into this. Okay, he's the same as these characters that have been releasing. Um, uh, so that's my fear of it. Um, I don't really have anything too positive yet because I don't. Obviously, we only got a trailer, so I never. Once we have the gameplay trailer revealed, then I'll start speaking some positives. But hopefully, he does differentiate himself from uh, the releases that have been we have been in the past. Okay. Uh, yeah. What ab- What about Rain and Melina? Uh, Are you familiar with him? Yeah, I'm super excited for Melina uh, coming back. Um, the character designs have been a little bit more realistic with this one. Uh, this more come out than the others. Um, so it was, was kind of neat to see her in this new style. Uh, Rain is uh, awesome because we haven't seen him in a while. Um, so that's cool. But I'm a more of, uh, of a Melina fan than I am a Rain. So I'm more excited about her out of the three coming out. Okay. Uh, yeah. if you could pick anybody else, kind of '80s oriented, early '90s, you know, <laughs> you're excited for this. <laughs> who would you Who would you add to the roster? Well, if a venture had a name, it'd be Indiana Jones. <laughs> really? I want to see Indiana Jones. I want to see what that motherfucker just whip out that fucking big whip and just start smacking bitches. How many fatalities can you make of just him <laughs> ripping body parts off with that whip? <laughs> yeah. right? Oh man, think if think if he had a fatality where he like ripped her heart out, but he put like a, a bag of sand in place of it. You know, like one of those things. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that'd be cool. But yeah, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Okay. Um, those listening to the recording, you'll notice that it just got better. That's because I pressed the right button on the recording thing that I have. So there's going to be a bit of a swap in recording quality here in a bit. That's fine. I'll figure it out. Um, that's fun. Jonathan, do you have any ideas of who from the 80s and 90s you'd want to see join Mortal Kombat? I got uh, two phenomenal suggestions. Oh, there we go. <laughs> um, number one, Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh. I know he's the actor, but yeah, his but like an in. Uh, yeah, pretty much anything. Hard target, especially. Yeah, hard target. Um, and yeah. Chuck Norris, because I want to see John Claude Van Damme versus Chuck Norris. That'd be amazing. That's a good one too. Um, yeah. Okay, for my choice, and I think I'm going to win, guys. To be honest with you, Beetlejuice. I want Beetlejuice as a as a fighter in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, but the, the, he doesn't count mm-hmm. as a action action. You, yeah, you he's not known for action. Arms, get those snake arms going across the map. Boom! Hitting the other guy, coming back. That's yeah, but true. you said what eighties action star? That's not. An it's action pretty star. actiony. I'm not. I'm not that last like act of Beetlejuice. He's moving pretty quick. It's pretty actiony. I'm thinking. He can summon the dead to assist him. Yeah. Ah oh, man, he'd be great. Yeah, he'd be awesome though. That's see my. Him. That's my vote. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Moving on to some Minecraft. Now we're going to Jonathan. You're the, you're the focus on this one, man. We have the caves and cliffs update. Is what's being called. Uh, it's some of the biggest changes to the caves we've ever seen. The new update offers. Uh, these these lush overgrown caves with these dripping rocks and wide open caverns and giant underground lakes. Uh, they're keeping the old system as well, so it's kind of being added to it. So you're not going to lose anything. 
And then what's cool is when you're like cruising around, you're looking for somewhere to kind of mine, you'll know that it's one of the new systems by az azalea trees that are growing on the surface. So you know that those are above the new cave systems. Uh, do you, how, are you excited for this, Jonathan, this new cave system? I'm ecstatic. I'm only disappointed that it's not coming out until uh, summer next year. I yes. want to play it right now. The, uh, yeah. the the trailer for it looks amazing. It looks like they turned caves into just a whole nother like, realm in the game. Right. So, it, yeah, it looks amazing. There's so much different um, like materials and, and plants and creatures and stuff like that they're adding to this. This is one of the biggest updates I think they've had so far, at least you know, from the trailer, it looks like it. Mm -hmm. So I'm ecstatic. I can't wait. One thing I like is it is a big update, but it's also it's it's particularly a big update in a place that we're always visiting, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're always sitting there in the caves and they do get monotonous. Once you know the pattern of things, kind of like, yeah. oh, here to here's so, diamond, you know. You get so excited to find, a, what is that, a ravine or an abandoned mine shaft because it's something different in a cave that you, you know, can actually study. So this will be really cool because you're finding the same caves you go through all the time in mine and you have to, you know, grind and get all those resources, but they're going to be you know, more exciting and different and you can find new unique resources in the process. So yeah, I think it's going to be great. Yeah. One of the new resources we're getting is copper and mm -hmm. uh, we know we can make a lightning rod out of that. That's pretty cool. And then of course we'll see what else we can do. And it actually sits there and, and ages over time to where it turns into that green. Uh, so that'd be pretty neat. Along with these new, new areas, we're also getting new creatures. So we're going to get new mountain goats and they're actually making the mountains a little bit more dynamic. They're giving them tree lines and stuff like that. The mountain goats, are going to be able to butt people off of the side of a mountain. And uh, they're able to like climb the mountain up multiple blocks. So they really are quite mobile. Uh, that's pretty cool. I like that there's a little bit of a threat. It's not like, you know, the mountain goats. It's not like they're super hard to kill or something like that. But it is a little bit of a threat where you have to watch your step because you might get kicked off. I do like that. I wonder if a shift click will stop you from being able to get pushed off. You know, you can like creep on the edge of, of uh, a block. Yeah. Yeah, I bet that would, I I bet I, that would I, still I, knock you. Yeah, I'm hoping it doesn't so that you can't, you know. You have to actually fight, you know, fight the goat to survive on those edges. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, another thing we're getting is an oxalot. I'm sorry, oxalots. They are little like toad or little like lizard creatures, right? To swim. Uh, anyway, so these will make loyal pets and they'll be able to defend you in underwater dangers. So there, you saw in the trailer some guy surrounding himself with like 10 of these things and going into one of those underwater ruins. And it was sitting there helping fight everything for him. So it was really cool. And you just catch it with like a bucket. You just swoop them right up. So that's pretty neat. And we're going to be getting that as well. Last big thing we're getting is a uh, warden. They are a big boss. It's going to be walking around in the cave systems. You'll note that the blocks will change. It'll look like they have this overgrowth on them. This like black overgrowth. That's a sign that the warden's nearby. Uh, there are also plants in that region that'll vibrate based off of your shaking. And then he himself has two antennae above him. And he is based off of your movement. So any noise or any walking you do, he'll come towards you. And you can direct him with your arrows or with your snowballs. Um, he does seem very fierce when the, when the video was showing like somebody fighting him, they died to him and they, they put a lot of arrows into him. This is going to be a big danger. I think it's going to be something where you like get your friends involved and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm glad to see something more dangerous out there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it reminds me of back in beta when they introduced Enderman because it used to just be skeletons and zombies. And then I like, whole oh, crap is... Yeah. Turns into a whole different fighting style. I have to learn because you know they're a totally different mob, and and you know you you are actually afraid of them because they kill you time and time again. So it's right, interesting. Right. You have to learn a different way to fight. Yeah, a real threat out there. Yeah, uh, you guys can play this on Java and Bedrock versions. Summer twenty twenty one. All right, we're looking at Fall Guys season two, 
And uh, I need to get back to playing this. It's been a little bit since Yumi Squeak especially played it. Uh, but yep. season two is out there. With it, we have new levels, new costumes, new customizations. Uh, and the new levels, they're all like night-themed, medieval-themed. We have Night Fever, which is an obstacle that has swinging blades. We have Wall Guys, where you actually have to move blocks to stand on the blocks to get over walls. That's kind of a neat little addition. Egg Siege, that uh, is all about you stealing eggs, but you have to worry about drawbridges going up and down. And then Hoopsie Legends, where you drag blocks as well to jump over hoops for your team, just like the other ring uh, thing there. Any of these interest you, Squeaks? Um, I think the, I think the Blade one, because only for the fact that um, it's going to pertain to the theme of what they're going for. Um, so, yeah. and I like that idea. Um, I think if we can bring uh, more themes into Fall Guys instead of per season, mm-hmm. um, I think it really get the, with the feel. But I also hope that we could get some skins that relate to those themes. We do have skins that relate to those themes. Uh, oh, we're getting okay. yes, we're getting wizards, witches, dragons, Vikings, oh, Valkyries. That's right. I remember knights. that announcement now. Yeah, I remember that announcement. Uh, okay, I remember that now. And they look pretty um, good too. They, they, I really like the Viking and the Valkyrie. They look really neat. Yeah, they do. They do. Uh, with those customizations, we're also getting the long-awaited nameplates customization. This was something that was actually in the game at launch, but people were abusing it and putting in words that we uh, can't really have in a video game, right? Whereas, and they used to be able to like change codes to make it real big. So now you can be able to customize your your name again, uh, but this time. It'll be monitored by uh, um, Mediatronics, so that'd be pretty cool. And uh, last thing is we have a new game mode called Gauntlet Showdown, which removes all team-based games from the queue. So I think that's going to be the main way people play, because nobody really likes when you have to play soccer or anything like that. And uh, that's pretty good to me. I think that's the way to go. All right, next up we have unfortunate news for Activision Blizzard. Uh, They're closing their France office. This used to be a really big office for them. Um, but unfortunately, part of this whole Activision kind of slowly taking things over more and more. This is what we're at right now. Um, it's being reported by Bloomberg's Jason Schreier. I think I finally said his last name correct there. Uh, that Activision Blizzard in Versailles, Versailles, I think I messed that part up though, uh, is closing down soon. The employees tell uh, Schreier that uh, they're going to be receiving additional information soon, but they're confident because the French labor laws are like really strict about making sure that everybody's compensated and have opportunity for other work. Uh, of similar pay uh, so it's really sad to see all these employees lose their jobs right especially at an office that was you know crucial for the founding of, of world of warcraft and starcraft and then uh and it's just this whole mess of like activision's getting a little bit too involved what do you think about this squeaks oh i think everybody's gonna leave and follow the uh the last uh what's the dream haven dream, dream haven yeah 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 just just quit and go over there yeah. <laughs> no, but this is horrible because it's, it's sucks to see um, because the employees are the ones that are losing out really on this, and yeah. and and the fans also because we want especially Blizzard to be super successful and create the things that they create now. Um, but do you? Let me ask you this question: Do you feel that this is just going to continue d- downhill since Activision has a uh, taken Blizzard? Like, are is there going to be a, a rock bottom? Have we hit it yet? Is it coming soon? Yeah. What do you think? It's when I haven't hit it yet, but it does feel like it's approaching, right? Uh, yeah. Every week we seem to have more news that's more like Activision exactly. did this and Activision did that. Uh, it's unfortunate. We really love this company. We want the best for them, but we we continue to see these these things prop up. And I, I don't know. There are moments where it's like you know the, with the, with the Shadowlands delay, where it's kind of like these Blizzard moments. But there's just not enough of them. They're too far and few between. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. 
Yeah. You guys think it's the Activision name that's bringing down the Blizzard stock, or just their actions? Do you think if if Activision sold Blizzard to, well, I don't know, some other developers, that Blizzard can be revitalized and have a good reputation again? What's hard is they were actually merged, so there's still an Activision and there's still Blizzard, and then there's Activision Blizzard, which is the corporate entity. Uh, so unlike Bungie, for example, Bungie was. Uh, under contract with them and then they eventually went off on their own and now they seem to be doing better right blizzard not necessarily possible because they would have to well it's it's possible but it'd be far harder to do because it's an uncoupling of a merger and that would be really difficult that would be hard on everybody of course blizzard fans that's what they're always rooting for <laughs> so right. uh the office had foreign employees before the 2019 layoffs those are real big news and it was left with 20, 260 uh this team was mostly in charge of customer service marketing and local support uh, so it was basically like one of the big things is this did, and it's why it's creating so much attention is a lot of the streamers and YouTubers are really big in uh, the year in Europe area, which a lot of uh, preach and stuff like that. They're in that area. This was the office they would call for customer support and for reporting and stuff like that. So and it was going to move to the UK, but then the UK had a problem with, you know, of course, COVID and with Brexit. So then they were like, well, it's, you know, shaky there, too. So there's a problem with that. Uh, and so now it's just actually just straight up closing down. And this part will be ran out of the Irvine office, from what I hear. It's unfortunate that they're also losing their support in that region, right? Because the Euro- European market, uh, it might not get the credit it deserves, but is a huge part of Blizzard's games, especially World of Warcraft. So it's really sad to see them also lose their customer service base, you know. So what do they have to do then? What do they have to do now? I mean, just be, be, they're going to call someone that's out of the country for them? They'll have to. Uh, they'll have to reach out to the U.S. office. Uh, for any sort of customer service or anything like that, which is, you know, the U.S. office is at a different time zone, and they may not necessarily understand the situation as well as somebody who lives in the region as as the same people complaining. Um, it's just another hurdle for people to go through. Well, yeah, especially yeah. especially for the people in the U.S. offices. I mean, that's just another whole country that they have to worry about now. On yeah. their, on their, it just creates the double the load. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. And, and again, it's one of those things where it's like, well, if it was just Blizzard by themselves, we'd be fine. Nothing we always say, uh, and here we are. Yeah, what those things. All right. Uh, speaking of closures, we have Riot. There's going to be closing the Australian offices. This is a little different. There's more esports related. So, the creators of League of Legends and Valorant says that we do not believe that the market is currently able to support a professional league. So this is actually like uh, if Overwatch were to close down all of the Europe area, that kind of thing, right? Uh, there will still be esports for the teams and uh, for both of the franchises. But uh, the Oceanic Pro League is what it was called. That's actually going away. So those teams will be folded into the LCS and uh, just kind of like, you know, they'll still have to contest with everybody that's in the LCS, not necessarily within their own league. Uh, and then all of their stuff's going to be handled through North America as well. Uh, it's, it's expected, though, because esports is going through this thing where they're changing a lot and they're still finding their footing. So we really don't know where the audience is at. Uh, when I was doing the research for this, the audience seems to be like, Western Europe, the coastal Americas, and then all, in, in Asia, it's pretty prominent. But you know, you're talking about the eastern half or the eastern part of Asia and stuff like that. That's where esports really lives. So they're still kind of testing the waters. But it, you know, it's sad to see. Of course, this was a smaller office, but people lose their job. Uh, Jonathan, do you think that we could see more of this as esports develops? Yeah, like you're saying, it's it's being refined. It's you know becoming a new industry or you know being reshaped as an industry. So. Yeah. I think we'll have to see this kind of stuff. I don't know if this is Riot having to downsize because 
you know, their business is doing worse or, or whatever. Um, or if it's expected, I mean, it's, maybe this is happening to other people in esports, but yeah, there's, there's going to be some growing pains, but I think as long as we're all still pushing in the same direction, if Riot needs to come out with some new game that is hot in esports and that helps them stay afloat, that's great. Um, uh, but you can't just, you can't lean on League of Legends forever too. So, yeah. Uh, I think that's great that they're, yeah, moving forward and, and going to grow with the industry, but unfortunately, <laughs> this is them, uh, having to downsize in the process. Yeah, it's the same thing for football or whatever, or any of these other physical sports. It's not like there's going to be a ton of teams. You're not going to, you're, for soccer, for example, you're not going to invest your money if you're going to try to make a new soccer team in the heartland of America. That's not where your audience is at. You know what I'm saying? So you have to figure out where the audience is. And we're at a point now where they are learning where the audience is. And that's where they'll go. I mean, really, if you wanted to start a new esports team, you go right to Korea, China, uh, Japan. That's where the market's at. If you look at the numbers in like specta- spectating numbers, the U.S. and Europe are like 12 and 12 percent, right? They're both around 12 percent. 75 area percent is in Asia. That's where the big market's at. That's where the big numbers are. So that's where you really want to invest the money. Unfortunately, Australia wasn't even on the charts. It was so small. So they have a really hard time. Uh, but that's that's where we're at right now. We're, we're figuring this stuff out. Yeah. Anything you want to add to this, Squeaks, before we move on? Uh, no, I think it, uh, it's... a. Uh, I was just, I totally agree with that. I think, I think it's a business decision. And as time goes, we're going to find, like what John said, redefi- redefine kind of what esports is, how popular in certain locations. And I mean, I think you nailed it where, like, you know, like you said, your soccer analogy, you're not going to make one here. You're going to go England or whoever to, to make a soccer team, right? Right. Of course. Uh, so, I mean, it, it plus it's, this biz- it's the business making this, this the decision themselves. Right. Uh, it's not like something is you know, per- tanking on them because of their failures, they see that, hey, it's not going to be a successful year, so we're moving on. So, yeah. Wolfenstein and Dishonored are both getting collections. This is after the news that ZeniMax is joining uh, Xbox. So this is kind of like Xbox revitalizing all the franchises. Uh, out of those two, so this is everything Wolfenstein, and then we have everything Dishonored, including Prey. Any of those you guys have played? I know I've played a little bit of Dishonored. Oh, yeah. Do you have a favorite? Uh, I played, uh, played Dishonor one and uh, most of two. I played a lot of Wolfenstein. Uh, if I had to pick, like out of those, I I, I like Dishonored for sure. I love yeah. the art style with it. Um, I love the ability, the the powers that you can have while sneaking around and killing others. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's yeah, it's a beautiful game, Dishonor for sure. Yeah. What about you, John? Have you played any of those? Nah, none of them. This is your chance, man. You're going to be able to play them now. So you get the entire Wolfenstein collection. Like how I did that segue. Uh, the, uh, the new order, Wolfenstein, the new order, uh, the old blood, the new Colossus, young blood. They have a theme there, don't they? Uh, for 80 bucks. And then for the arcane collection is what they're calling the other one that has Dishonored, Dishonored 2, Dishonored Death of the Outsider, and of course, Prey, which is award winning. Uh, that one's for 60 bucks. You can get these on Xbox and PlayStation. And I'm assuming as well as on PC, but they have not announced the PC version yet. Uh, this is one of those things when the steam sale comes along and I see this get down to like 10 bucks and I'm like, holy cow, give me this. I, I just bought after we discussed Bioshock, I bought the entire Bioshock collection for $15 and that was with the remasters and everything like that. So I'm currently streaming Bioshock one and uh, it's so good. I'm glad we did a level up on it. <laughs> really good. Uh, moving on to the next thing here, we have some really good news for iPhone users. It's including myself. xCloud is coming to iOS. Last week, we talked about Amazon and their revealing of a Luna streaming service. 
This is going to be able to play video games much like Estadia or an xCloud. Uh, but they also revealed that they're going to be coming to the iPhones through a web app. So, the, so just kind of a, an example of what that would look like. Um, it's like if you, instead of using the YouTube app to watch YouTube videos, you went to, on your Safari, YouTube.com and then watched a video through that. So that's how you're going to be able to stream games. And it's a pretty unique little workaround here. And Apple's all for it. They're completely for this. So now Xbox boss Phil Spencer came out and he said, look, we're taking Amazon's lead. You guys, xCloud is coming to Safari, uh, which is, of course, the, the browser for Apple. And Apple's Safari team is going to be helping them with this. Uh, so during the conference call, they said it'll be coming out in 2021 along with PC streaming for the xCloud, which is what I'm really excited for. This is good news. You guys are iPhone users, right? Who do we have here that are iPhone users? Me, Jonathan, you have one? Yeah. Squeaks? Android. Or Samsung. Yeah, Android. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's the future. <laughs> Actually, yours is a Star Wars phone, right? Oh, fuck. No, I wish it was. Oh, I thought you had it. Oh, wow. So you just really <sighs> disappointed me. I know. If it was. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I tried to get that one. Oh, that thing was so cool. So if you guys don't know what we're <sighs> talking about, look up. Kylo Ren. I think it's the Kylo Ren one. The Kylo yeah. Ren phone. It is unbelievable. So but yeah. good. But I'm excited yeah. for this. Uh, have any of you guys had a chance to try out xCloud on, on anything else? <sighs> no. Honestly, I've had I was had the ability to play xCloud for the, this whole time since it was released, and mm -hmm. I have not given it a, ch given it a chance. Okay, so... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> since you're sitting over there with that Android, can you test it out and then report back on what that's like? I need to hook up a, a oh, Xbox God. controller to it, huh? Yeah, that would be good, yeah. I'm going to try right now, see if i got batteries in these things. Oh, look, he's 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 doing this stuff live while we talk about it. So, uh, yes, we're going to be able to try this out. I'm really excited for this. There's all kinds of Xbox games that I would like to play on the go. You got the Halo Master Chief Collection, some Sea of Thieves. I could be getting my reps up with Sea of Thieves while I'm out and about. Uh, really good when you're at work or at school, so that's pretty cool. Uh, John, can you think of anything in the Xbox library that you think would play well on the phone? Remember, it's stream, so it's not the power of the phone, but you yeah. want to stay on the screen. That's what, I, that's what I'm worried about is will it stream as well as if you're playing on the console? Um, I And there's to me, it's when sure. I'm playing a game, I want to be emerged in the game. Yeah. So that's why I don't do mobile, period. I try to stay away from that because just uh, playing on your phone, you're out in the world. I need to be in a dungeon, you know, like quiet room, headphones on, you know, no distractions and dive into the game. So uh, to me, just mobile's not even appetizing. I'd rather just have a bigger home setup, you know, if they make a like the old school uh, Star Trek uh, game that would be at theaters where you sit in a little booth and you yeah, got the phaser game. gun. Yeah. And stuff. If if they made one of those for the home with motion seats and stuff like that, I would I would invest in it for sure. Oh man, I got to uh, show you. There's this like scorpion chair that you sit into it, and then the scorpion tail comes up over you and has three monitors on it, and it has a recliner. I have to show it to you, man. It's like the future of gaming and what I really really need. I don't need couches. I need that. Uh, so that's pretty neat. Uh, okay, so this is also going to be coming um, to tablets and stuff like that. So you got the iPad, and you could just hook up your Xbox controller right to it. They're going to be uh, doing like Bluetooth connection and stuff like that too. So it's pretty neat. There's a little adapter you get that has like the cord. It, the future is now, guys. It looks really good. All right, so we're going to move on to the GameStop thing while Squeaks is still doing his testing. <laughs> um, I just see them frantically working. All right, so GameStop and Microsoft. So this is all Microsoft news, by the way. Uh, GameStop and Microsoft uh, have signed a multi-year deal to keep the retail stores more relevant and modernizing their practices. So first up on the docket is 
all the inventory, shopper information, and finances will be changing over to Microsoft's cloud-based business application called Dynamics 365. Uh, unbelievably, they did not have something like this in place. So a lot of things were done like on the old archaic system, looked like a fancy Excel sheet, I guess, where your information wouldn't necessarily travel very well from store to store. There's a lot of checking by phone. And I'm like, no one of this place is going to business. And it was hard to really kind of calculate things like that. Like they just didn't have your information that well. There was the customer reward system that managed a lot of things. But as for like inventory and stuff like that, it was it was really kind of shaky at best. Well, now they're modernizing everything to where it's more of this like global uh, inventory amongst all stores and they could really help you out. Uh, this is kind of a long time coming and I think it's a really good idea. Any thoughts on that? You think it's too late in the game to be investing in something like that? I think they should have done that, you know, 15 yeah. years ago. Yeah, they really should have approached this thing quicker. I think the the old guys that used to run X, or, uh, GameStop are just totally out of touch because it's the Barnes & Noble team. So Xbox is owned by Barnes & Noble. So you look at Barnes & Noble and they're like, yeah, they're not doing great either. Um, so you're kind, of, you're kind of in that spot where it's like, well, yeah, I don't know. It might be a little too late. You might be right there. And I had an idea. A lot of the, the same merchandise they sell, which, you know, a lot of their sales are merchandise and, you know, games make them some of the profit and consoles make them hardly anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of their merchandise they sell is pop culture stuff, which I was thinking, I to me, movie theaters are struggling right now. They should have their own in-theater little store that sells all the pop culture stuff. Ooh. Imagine you could buy, you know, you go watch a new whatever Legos movie. You could buy the Legos posters and plush and, you know, little toys and candies and all that stuff. Instead of going to GameStop, buy it all in the theaters. That would help keep our theaters alive, too. Yeah. Yeah, you're 100% right there. That's that's a good idea. Uh, little things like that they need to do to make it to where it's all this kind of like, you know, that's kind of where they were talking about getting comic books in the shops too because it kind of encompasses all these hurting situations together, you know, yeah. uh, and, and help each other out. So that's really good. Uh, the store associates will be equipped with a Surface tablet. And there's not, so if you kind of picture this, this reminds you of like the AT&T store, right? You mm-hmm. go in, there's not really a desk that they're behind anymore. They're roaming around. They have the tablets. They, it looks like it's the future. Uh, and that's how it's going to be here. So you're going to have these guys just kind of roaming around. And they're going to have these tablets that will have everything with a cloud-based system on it. So they'll be able to pull up. Oh, here, here's Jonathan. He's a big Halo fan a new call, and a big Call of Duty fan. I assume based off of his past purchases and how much time he's playing on them, that he'll be a big fan of Medal of Honor. And so then they'll suggest that to you. And what are your, what are your thoughts with that? Like this kind of like most more like it's more welcoming environment what do you think i i don't think that'll help so for you and me when you go into gamestop you don't need somebody with a tablet that knows your history because you have a personal relationship with the people there and they know your history right so that's not you're not going there for the tech side of it so i think adding all this stuff it's you know it would have been great to do a long time ago but it's not i don't think it's going to draw in the crowd that they need to keep their business open so i think it's too little too late Hopefully it works. I'd like to see GameStop stay around, but I think they need to come up with a different strategy if they really have any chance. Yeah, and and it's also one of those things too where the customers that go in there know what they already need usually. If you're like mm-hmm. us, you're like, yeah, I'm going to GameStop to pick up my pre-order on whatever. It's not like, I'm going to go to GameStop and just have a ponder and, and really kind of figure out what am I going to spend my 60 bucks on this time? There are times where I'll go in and kind of chit-chat, but I'm mostly there for like a Funko Pop. You know, don't get me wrong, I am one of those losers that's going in to visit GameStop for nothing. But, you know, for the most part, people are going in with a, with a set goal set uh, mind. Uh, Squeaks, what do you think about this new idea of them wandering around with tablets and all this cloud-based uh, information and inventory? 
Uh, I don't get the point. I know my history, obviously, because I play games. So what are you going to suggest to me? You know, yeah. so you're going to suggest something that I came in for there for originally. What are you like, AT&T now? <laughs> that, that's Sounds exactly like. the, when you went. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Exactly. And and the one like the people you're talking about, Frank, that already know what game they want. They're going in there for that. They don't have to set foot in a store anymore. They can right. order it online or better yet, download it online and not even wait a minute and have the same game. So that whole walking in and, oh, I'm going to, you know, lure somebody to buy something different. I, I doubt it's going to make much of a difference in the business. You are totally right, man. You're totally right. Yeah. And be, like you're saying, the discs themselves are going out of date. So yeah. it's just like trying to keep a blockbuster video open. You have to change what your primary foundation is. So if they tried to gear themselves more like a, a Hot Topic or Spencer's kind of kind of thing, because that's their other side is the pop culture product, then maybe they can lean on that more. But I doubt just staying on, on video game systems and the actual games themselves is going to do them a whole lot. That is one nice thing is uh, they are talking about how uh, your, your GameStop account will tie it to your Xbox account and eventually your, your PlayStation account. So if you want to, you don't have to buy the digital. You don't have to buy the physical version. You can buy the digital version. And like for Xbox, if you buy a digital version on like your PC, it'll start downloading on your Xbox right now. So you could technically go to the GameStop. Say you're at Kohl's, you swing by GameStop, you buy the new Call of Duty. I keep using Call of Duty. Uh, and then by the time you're home, it's already downloaded or it's in the downloading process. There is a kind of a neat little thing with that. Maybe you're just like, oh, I'll check it out, and then it's available for you when you get home. And one thing I did like was the pre-order perks they had, and you could pre-order a game and make payments on it or whatever, and that kind of stuff you can't do when you buy online. So if they, you know, could add more incentives to, you know, reserving a game or pre-ordering it, uh, that would be kind of nice. Even if it's, like you're saying, online through their account, maybe maybe they need to launch their own version of Steam, their own online. They've tried, yeah, (laughs) they tried. Oh, epic fail. Yeah, it was, and so unfortunately, and I was a sucker and bought a couple games on there, so then I'm like, well, (laughs) there goes those, you know, it sucks. Um, but yeah, and, and that's the thing too, is, is right now, if you, if you get something that's a, a digital pre-order benefit, they give you a code that you put in. That's so archaic. Now, if you pre-order something that has a digital, digital benefit, boom, you get that right away. So it's a tied to your account. Pepsi bottle cap or what? Come on. Now. Right. Yeah. Let me collect my Pepsi bottle caps. Get a free Coke. Oh, wait, wait. Pepsi Coke. Whatever. <laughs> it's so good. You could upgrade from a Pepsi to a Coke. Right. That's my filter. All right. Next up, we have the Resident Evil reboot. Squeaks. Are you a Resident Evil player? Uh, I am. Okay, so yes, I am. we're leaning on you on this one, okay? Because uh, okay. I don't know who the hell these people are. Uh, <laughs> when I was writing the article, I happened to be in Discord with Daniel, so I was like, uh, who is Jill Valentine? And he's like, um, you're an idiot. And explain it to me. <laughs> okay, so uh, Constantine Film and director Johannes Roberts announced that they are rebooting the Resident Evil franchise with a new story more faithful to the Cap- Capcom horror game. Representing Constantine Film will be uh, producer Robert Colzer. Uh, who produced the other Resident Evil movies. And he says, after a dozen games, six live-action movies, and hundreds of pages of fan fiction, we felt compelled to return to the 1998, to the year 1998, sorry, uh, to explore the secrets hidden in the walls of the Spencer Mansion and Raccoon City. Uh, So this is an interview with Deadline that he said that. So here we go. We have our cast. We have everybody who's in it. Uh, We're going to go through these, and you're kind of going to give us a one-liner of who these people are, okay? Okay, one-liners. Who is Jill Valentine? Resident Evil 3. Okay, that was definitely That's my one-liner. One-liner. <laughs> uh, no, she is a STARS member uh, from Raccoon City. She originally appears in Resident Evil 1 uh, with uh, Chris when they explore the mansion. 
Okay. Uh, everyone should know that, even if you uh, don't play Resident Evil, we all know that famous mansion. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then reappeared with uh, um, Resident Evil 3 um, with the Nemesis. Okay. So is she like the main character from the movies, the old movies? Is that Joe Valentine? No, because I think the main character in the movies uh, was a completely brand new character. Okay, totally fiction. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, so this is going to be played by Hannah John Cameron. She is Ghost from Ant-Man and the Wasp. If you guys remember that, she's the bad guy from the second Ant-Man. Uh, next we have Tom Hooper is playing Albert Wesker. Tom Hooper is from Umbrella Academy. He's number one, the big guy that's part gorilla. Uh, so we could expect him playing Albert Wesker. Are you familiar with Albert Wesker? Uh, yes, he's basically the antagonist in uh, most of the Resident Evils. Uh, trying to, I don't know, big, I don't know, world domination or whatever, expand the virus. Okay. It, uh, wow. As a weapon. More yes. zombies. What a jerk. Yes. yes. All right. We have Kea Scudelli or whatever. <laughs> She's Karina from last the last Pirates of the Caribbean franchise uh, or last movie. Uh, she's playing Claire Rad uh, Redfield. I've heard of Claire Redfield. Who is that? Uh, she's from uh originally from Resident Evil Two. Uh, is trying to find her brother Chris Redfield, which is from Resident Evil One and Five okay. and Six and whichever ones. Uh, so she's basically looking. Uh, went to Raccoon City to look for her brother. That's a police officer in Stars as well. Okay. Uh, then we're moving on to Chris. He is being played by Robbie Amell. Uh, who is really big famous from Upload. Everybody's watch, talking and, and watching Upload on Amazon Prime. He's from that. Can you give us a rundown of, of Chris Redfield? Is he awesome? What's his deal? Uh, He is. He's like your uh, action-packed guy when uh, every time you... Well, yeah. He's like your... your like, this is the ideal image of a cop. Let's just say that. Uh, right? Okay. okay. Kind of yeah. muscular, kind of like a fit for the job, right? Mm -hmm. So he's uh, from Resident Evil 1. Uh, to uh, five, um, six. Yeah, he's in most of them. He's he's one of the big guys. If you had to compare him next to like Claire and Leon. Okay. Well, we're getting to him. <laughs> so yeah. we have Neil McDowell is the next one. Uh, he's like the bad. He, I think the reason the the one that you guys will know is he's the bad guy from Walking Tall. You guys know who I'm talking about? Oh yeah, I remember. Jonathan gets. I know Jonathan would. Do you know who I'm talking about? He's like I a don't. bad guy in a bunch of stuff. Uh, anyways, Legends of Tomorrow. Arrow. He's in those as well. Uh, he's going to be playing William Birkin. Who is William Birkin? Uh, I think he's a doctor. Um, okay. I believe. And he is part of the virus getting out, but I could be wrong. I okay. could be wrong. Yeah. And then we have uh, Avon. Hmm, good name. Avon Jogia, <laughs> I think what it is. He's from Zombieland 2. Uh, now, I've recognized his name, of course. This is Leon S. Kennedy. Now, Leon Kennedy, he's from Resident Evil 4, if I'm not mistaken. Right? 2. Two, famously guy. known for two. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, and he looks like he's kind of one of those badass guys as well, right? Oh, yeah, huh? yeah, for sure. Perfect. We, go, we, we always need more Leon in our lives. More Leon in our lives. Uh, so this is, again, we're seeing this cast full of actual faithful to the Capcom game. Joining, uh, and, and it's, from what it sounds like, it's actually going to be the Outbreak and the Mansion storyline, which I think everybody kind of knows that one generally from, from the uh, movies. Uh, it'll be good to see that, and I'm excited for that. And this is really kind of a budget-friendly cast. I'm hoping they could throw a lot of money into the special effects because these, none of these guys are super expensive. So that'll be really nice, too. That's good. <laughs> no, none of them are super expensive. There's no Brad Pitts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, going into delays, instead of just doing this one at a time, we're going to kind of shotgun these out real quick. The Batman, which is the one that hurts the most, it's getting pushed back to March 20, uh, 2022. 
2022 getting pushed back to that. Freaking sucks. Dune is delayed to October 2021, so that means we're pushing back the audiobook for that too. We'll talk about the audiobook another time. Godzilla vs. Kong being pushed back to May 2021. 007 No Time to Die delayed to April 2021. The Matrix 4 is getting moved up from April 2022 to December 2021. And in just a little bit of good news, Pixar's Soul is getting released November 20th for, no, I'm sorry, in December on Christmas Day for free. So it'll actually be fully free uh, if you have Disney Plus. <laughs> so this is that, but you don't have to pay the 30 bucks like you did with Mulan. Any of these big upsets to you guys? Jonathan, let's start with you, man. Any of these that you're upset about? Uh, Batman, yeah, I'd love to see a new Batman sooner than later, but uh, I'm excited the Matrix has moved up. That's pretty cool. Uh, other than that, the rest of my dad didn't really care about Godzilla. What to do? <laughs> wow, <laughs> the face on Squeaks. What do you think, Squeaks? Uh, yeah, it was actually Godzilla vs. Kong, to be honest. <laughs> because I want two motherfucking big ass monsters on the screen just duking it out, and that's what yeah. I want to see. You know, sometimes I just need that dumb action. <laughs> you know what? And sometimes that's all I want to see just dumb action where innocent people just die because of a big ass gorilla and a big ass lizard dinosaur thing. Yeah. I, I like your justification. You just want to see innocent people die. That's cool. It's whatever. <laughs> Honestly, I'm actually looking forward to that one. To be honest, I I'll give you this. So I liked Godzilla. I have not seen Kong, the new Kong. Uh, I like Kong, but I did not like Godzilla. Really? Mm. Yeah. So yeah. we're we're beefing, I guess, or something. I don't know. Yeah, we are. Interesting. I know we're who we're, we're rooting for on this uh, versus match. Right. God. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, some good news all around, guys. Janeway is freaking back. This was the reason for New York Comic Con because really there was nothing else cool announced in my opinion. Kate Mulgrew, uh, Kate Mulgrew, Kate Mulgrew, uh, is returning to Starfleet in Nickelodeon's Star Trek Prodigy. Uh, this is a cartoon that's going to be geared towards young teenagers. Uh, the announcement came out of the virtual Comic Con during the Star Trek panel. We do not know exactly what Catherine Janeway will be doing, but she we know that she's going to be playing a role model. And and the the idea of Prodigy is that it's like some young teens that find an abandoned ship. And then they go on adventures and grow and learn and whatnot. Janeway's going to be their, like, you know, guiding star for that. So that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, we have a quote here from Kate Mulgrew herself. I'm just, <laughs> when I was typing this up, I was like, I'm giddy. Because it's cool to have quotes from Kate Mulgrew about Star Trek stuff. So here we go. I have invested every scintilla, she said scintilla, and I was like, that's so fucking Janeway, of my being in Captain Janeway. And I can't wait to endow her with the nuance that I never did before in Star Trek Prodigy. How thrilling to be able to introduce to these young minds an idea that has elevated the world for decades. To be at the helm again is going to deeply gratify me, uh, uh, <laughs> gratifying in a new way for me, Kate Mulgrew. So uh, outside of me saying things terribly, I'm really excited about this, guys. This is really good news. Jonathan, you want to speak to this man? You're the one. I'm ecstatic. I can't wait. I was so excited to see Picard and now, you know, it had seven of nine and other cast. And now, you know, Janeway's coming back to the world. This is the day and age of the Star Trek universe. It just keeps yes. growing. And I love it. I thought, you know, oh, we had a few cool show uh, series and it just kind of fizzled out. But no, it, it they're just running with it. I think it's because, you know, the fans of Next Generation and some of the newer series are now grown adults that have, you know, flexible income, disposable income. And so they're seeing that all these people really want it. It's got a, a huge following. So let's just keep turning out more content. So I love it. That's why one of the reasons I'm going back to the roots and I'm going to watch everything Star Trek from from whatever the 50s on up. 
and hopefully have a yeah. small written review for each episode. We'll We're going to farm you for content. It'll be something. <laughs> if I have to call <laughs> right. you and ask you questions and secretly record it, I will. <laughs> we'll find right. a way to make content out of this. Uh, but yeah, that, that'd be really good. And uh, hopefully we get more of the Voyager crew helping her out and joining the team at some point. Yeah, I'm hoping that her being involved in a Star Trek means that she'll you know, do some cameos in some of the live action series yes. we have now, too. I know. Uh, what's the other one? Picard or Strange New no. World? Discovery? Discovery. Discovery. Yeah, I know Discovery is like 3000 years in the future, so she can't really cameo into that one. But, yeah. you know, Picard would be per- perfect for Admiral Janeway to pop in every once in a while. Totally. Totally perfect. Yeah. And by the way, Discovery starts this week, the next season of Discovery. So uh, I will be writing a review for that and then doing a review on the next episode of the first episode. So excited. Yeah. 3000 years of the future to be pretty crazy. All right. Moving on to this next thing here. This is pretty interesting news here. We had Team Downey, which is Sherlock. Sherlock. It is Robert Downey Jr. and his wife, uh, Susan. They created this new production company called Team Downey. They already made one movie or one series called Perry Mason. We talked about a little bit on it for HBO. Uh, It's really successful. It's already got the second season ordered and they're working on that. During an interview with Fast Company, he announced that they're going to be working on an MCU level universe that's involved around Sherlock Holmes. They called it the Mysteryverse, Mystery Cinematic Universe kind of thing. They're working on it. Um, This is exciting to me because I started to kind of think, okay, who else in the Sherlock world could be having their own standalone movie? I have some ideas, but we're going to go to you guys first. Squeaks, do you have anybody you think deserves their own movie that's in the Sherlock world or not necessarily in the Sherlock world Victorian times so anybody like that kind of like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen level stuff what do you think um okay besides going on with villains I mean I think we just have to start off with uh, Watson himself right yeah um I think we need to see like more of his background and how he even became uh to the partner of with uh Sherlock Holmes yeah that'd be interesting yeah, he has this military background and stuff like that. It'd be cool to see him like, as a badass military general kind of thing. Uh, but uh, I want to see like a villains as well, though. You know, I want to see like some some of the I don't know like some of the famous villains from Sherlock Holmes, but yeah, I want to see like, their, their yeah, I want to see their backstories, and whatnot, and their maybe their point of views of having to face Sherlock Holmes himself. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, Jim Moriarty, yeah. he's the only person who's really outsmarted Sherlock Holmes to see something from his point of view of like. Maybe he, maybe there's a certain point where he turned. We could have kind of a Joker kind of thing where, you yeah. know, he's just a guy getting around in the world and you, he sees that he's smarter than everybody else around him and eventually he turns. He's like, screw it, I might as well make money at this. Put the world at war. Something like that. That'd mm-hmm. be pretty cool. I like that idea. Jonathan, you have any heavy hitters you want to talk about? Just <clears throat> just with you mentioning uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, I think, uh, was it Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde would be yeah. ideal to put in this kind of world. I mean, really, all the characters in that movie would be great. But other than that, other than the movies from from that time period, I don't know any you know characters from books or anything like that. So I'm sure they can put together even just make authentic new characters without having to draw from past books. But yeah, I think it's a good idea. I think it'd be awesome. Have a whole another type of realm instead of dealing with superheroes. You're dealing with real regular people that just add the intellectual intellectual capacity and all that. That'd be cool. Because yeah, if we're talking that time frame, like you brought up Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, which I don't, I mean. I'm still waiting for my, what is it, Universal Universe. They already yeah. canceled that, buddy. Whatever. It's not happening. The fucking shit. Yeah, <laughs> okay, but that's what I was super excited for. So if they right. could kind of add that, because then we want to see, what, Jack the Ripper? I think that would be cool to see him in I that. I agree, If we yeah. could just kind of mix these people into, like, same time frame-wise. But why not bring in, like, these, you know, maybe not dark uh, Sherlock Holmes villains, but make them the villains. 
Well, yeah, and something like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, I know people are like, well, that's not Sherlock Holmes related at all. First off, it's Robert Downey Jr. and he likes fireworks. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be something that's going to be just cool to watch. And Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde's story is kind of science-based. So there's something there. Like, it, it would fit in the world. And it would be really cool to see Sherlock try to discover, like, oh, it's not two creatures. Like, or maybe he's even working with Jekyll. No, Hyde. Dr. Jekyll. Yeah. Working with Jekyll <laughs> uh, to try to figure out this mystery. And Jekyll really knows the truth or something like that. That'd be a really cool, fun turn to watch in a movie. That's a good idea. And it could be like uh, Hulk in the MCU where it starts as a villain or you think it's, you know, a, a problem you can't control until eventually yeah. he helps him, you know, gain control over his transformation and stuff like that. That literally happened at a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, you're right. He like saves him from an underwater sinking thing uh, at one point. That's a good movie, actually. I might want to watch that again. <laughs> it's a phenomenal movie. Yeah. Uh, speaking of this, I do have faith in this because of what, what you brought up with Perry Mason. I thought Perry Mason was a great show. Mm-hmm. Um, but why not? Have it has any any of you seen Penny Dreadful? Not yet. All my lists haven't seen okay. it. It's a very elegant horror show. Mm-hmm. It's in the whole Victoria London type of feel. So it'd be dope to see like if we could get creatures like that because you brought up Doctor Chuck Mister Hyde. We could get like a even a fucking Dracula or some shit. Right. But really, in the detective feel uh, of that would be awesome. It would be a nice twist to see. Yeah, it's a cool world to explore. That it's like that. There's a Batman versus uh, by Gaslight, which is a whole Batman story in this generation. It was a really cool story to kind of check out, too. Uh, for me, I'd like to see Nikola Tesla join the cast and kind of be Sherlock Holmes' cue for 007. Like, maybe he's got cool inventions or whatever. Because Nikola Tesla's just hot. Like, anybody talking about him, he's like this this person that people are always arguing is better than Edison. He's like, he brings in people to just check that out. So if you were to say, like, Sherlock Holmes is fighting uh, Jack the Ripper with Nikola Tesla curating inventions for him. I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about a show I'm watching, right? <laughs> hey, but I, I think you got it backwards because Holmes makes his own gadgets, right? So yeah. you write a Nikola Tesla as the enemy. Mm-hmm. He has to take down Tesla who's trying to make this dangerous, you know, electrical weapon or something like that. Yeah. Which, you know, can be misconstrued. That'd be cool. God damn it, Watson. <laughs> Tesla did make a, uh, I think it's like, I forget what it's called, Death Ray or something like that that could take out a city. He actually did droop designs for that. It was when he was getting older and kind of getting like more experimental. But that is on paper. Yeah. And then he had something about Mars too. There's the whole thing with like, anyways, he went crazy towards the end. So did Edison. It's what they do. Um, but yeah, that's really good idea. Irene Adler would be really good too because she's kind of this femme fatale that, that's globe trotting and, and always like she's the agent of way more powerful people. And Sherlock Holmes isn't aware of the situation until she's like, the people I work with need you to do this. And then he's like, okay, you're in deep with like these wrong people. So she would be really fun to see, like, balancing multiple, like, superpowers uh, and stuff like that. Not necessarily, like, superpowers heroes. But I'm talking about, like, Russia and America and the British Empire and all these things like that. She'd be balancing them all out. It'd be really fun. Be now, cool. are, we talking, are we talking about this is going to be a movie or a TV series? This is going to be a movie franchise. This is going to be, like, the MCU. Yeah. Mm, June, okay. Yeah, he's using that Iron Man money to make a new MCU, basically. So yeah. we're talking about individual movies and then being built out. Uh, you know, it, it can be it could be pretty amazing. Yeah, we could really see something. Irene Adler could really be their 007. Do you think it'll continue off of the first? It'll probably continue off the first Sherlock Holmes, right? Well, they're already working on a third Sherlock Holmes, so it'll be one, two, and three. Oh fuck, I forgot about two. Yeah, Damn. and in three, do you like him? What's that? Do you like him? I do, not necessarily as a Sherlock Holmes fan, but as like I just like these movies fan. Yeah. Okay. What about you? I mean, if the way we're talking about things, I would love to see some because we brought up Perry Mason too. That's a little bit more darker, so it'd be cool yeah. to kind of see a darker tone to the Sherlock Holmes movies mm-hmm. um, instead of like 
what I remember the most of in the first one. Like him like pausing the world just to like, fucking analyze a fight scene, you know? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh just a fun thing about Daniel. Daniel, he's not really invested in Sherlock Holmes except for the Robert Downey Jr. things. It's the only thing he's ever seen Sherlock Holmes related. So then he watches Netflix's Anola Holmes, which I haven't seen yet. Have you guys seen that yet? No, it's on my list though. I need to see it. He's a huge supporter of that show. And it, it was mm. so funny because he's like, dude, this Sherlock Holmes guy, he's pretty smart. He's pretty awesome. And so then he's like, I got to get more Sherlock Holmes stuff. So he just ordered the complete collection book and he's going to read it. It's over a thousand pages. He's going to read that. And uh, I'm like, you really he's should be watching finished. Sherlock with, with, you know, Dr. Strange. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to read the book first. It'll be easier. <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> so. Tell when you give up on the book, just dive into the show. Yeah. Well, his big thing was, and it's, it's a very good point, is the fact that Robert Downey Jr. movies are, they're fun action movies. They're not necessarily like him being a really great detective. Uh, it, it doesn't display it as well as you would see in the books. And the books do a lot better job with that. So he's going deep. He's going to read all the books. It's, it's crazy. I think Sherlock, what was the one with Will Ferrell? Did a better job of being a detective. I haven't seen that one. Is that any good? Uh, it's semi-funny. Yeah. yeah. Just to see those two guys together. Is we- awesome. it's, it's Will Ferrell level funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, then I'm going to love it. Not subtle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Eurovision, I know. I, I already showed Jonathan that when he was over last time. I really like it. It's funny. It's one of the latest things, but yeah. Oh my God. Is that the one on Netflix? Yes. Uh, and he's a singer? Yeah, saga. singer? Yeah. <laughs> Did you see it? Fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm glad you like that. Oh I like the little phone calls. Uh, hello. <laughs> you have a phone call? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my oh, God. Man, that show's great, dude. It makes, I wish we could participate in Eurovision, but unfortunately, they're not going to let us. But Russia's in there. Come on now. It's unfair. Anyways. <laughs> All right. Moving on to Game of Thrones prequel. This is a real quick one here. Uh, they just cast uh, Patty Considine. Uh, Considine. Thank you. Uh, that's to myself. Uh, as King Varys the second, so this is a kind of weak, too kind kind of version of the King Varys, one that was like, oh, you know, we'll be nice to the poor people, and he's always living in the shadow of his grandfather, which was King Jaharis, I think, if I remember correctly, uh, who was like ruth, not ruthless, but like a really great king, like powerful and dominating. Uh, so it's it's kind of one of these things where it's going to be in the shadows. It's our first casting for this prequel series which is gonna be really cool it's gonna be following it's gonna be called fire and blood following the entire targaryen startup really a big portion of their lives uh are you, do you guys remember patty considine he's from hot fuzz he's one of the two andrews and he's from peaky blinders he's the creepy priest does that sound familiar to either of you no no not too much no if you're in the uk he's a big character for you guys so uh check that out guys he's joining the the, the game of thrones cast as a king so that'd be pretty cool do you think we'll see more uh, characters pulled, like more like that's already been in other things pulled since Game of Thrones is so big now? Like they'll want to be in this TV series now. I definitely think so, especially this level where they were like they're not really big popular in the U.S., but they're popular other places because uh, they're but they're budget friendly, like that that Resident Evil thing where um, he's recognizable face. You're gonna find a lot of these people that are like kind of recognizable faces. They Lena Headey wasn't necessarily huge before Game of Thrones, but now and, and she sure she was in Three Hundred and stuff like that. But now she's Cersei Lannister. Like that's just who she is now. Um, we'll probably see that Tyrion Lannister too. Peter Dinklage was in a ton of stuff, but now he is Tyrion Lannister. You know, we'll, we'll kind of see that happen. I think he's they'll be in a lot of things, but then they'll really get known. All right, uh, we got Godzilla fan over here. Let's talk about this. We have a new Godzilla anime coming up. It's in the works. They are stacking the freaking deck on this thing. So Studio Bones and Orange are working together to make this God, uh, Godzilla anime universe. It'll be a whole universe they're creating. 
Uh, this first one's going to be called Godzilla Singular Point, and it'll be an all-new sta- uh, story. Let me go over the talent that's involved in this thing, okay? So character design is going to be done by Kazu Katu from uh, Blue Exorcist. The composer is done by uh, Kan Sawada, who did like a lot of the uh, Doraemon videos. Writing is being done by Japanese novelist To Enjo. And then the thing that's bringing down the house, the animation studio involved in this thing, is Studio Ghibli, who did uh, Spirited Away and Princess Mononoke, which is freaking insane that they got those guys to do this. That's such a good sign. It's it's pretty much mind-blowing how many of these big names are working on just one anime. Yes. Like, what the hell is going on? And I don't know. What It's got to be... It has to be somewhat of a passion to bring Godzilla uh, uh, to this, this huge... I don't know, like what it is, like the passion behind them or what they love about Godzilla. I don't know, yeah. but it's crazy to see so many of these big companies come together for just one anime. Now, I know they had a Godzilla anime already. It was more, I think, it had some three D uh, um, art to it, so it wasn't like true anime. Do we know if this one's going to be just straight true anime? Or From my understanding, this is like... going to be straight true anime. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What the the, the it... one still they showed us was just straight up animation. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, the Spirit Away in Princess Mon- uh, Mononoke, the studio Ghibli, I'm going to say Ghibli. that wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I uh, probably am saying it wrong too. But those yeah, movies are fantastic and, fantastic and won so many awards. So yeah. it is, one, once you get to that point, like, okay, this is this is who's it, who's here, who's here, who's here. Now you got some award-winning uh, members working on the show. So it can only be, it could only be great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're stacking the deck on this thing. I think it's their next Castlevania, right? Castlevania comes out. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not an anime fan, you're watching it. I think that's going to be what happens here, too. Even if you're not an okay. anime fan, you're going to check this thing out. It has insane talent, and it has the name of Godzilla behind it. This is going to be really successful. I can guarantee it. Yeah. Do you uh, do we do we have a date, a somewhat leaked date? or No, it nothing? is insanely early in the, in the production. Yeah. It'll be probably 2023 but because uh, mm-hmm. the animation process takes a long time. But it'll be something yeah. that we follow up. Any any new casting or anything like that, we're going to find out about it. Because I have a feeling they're going to go pretty strong on even the dubbing casting uh, with, with this kind of talent order behind it. So they're probably going to get some yeah. good names behind this. All right, nice. suspect. All right, last bit of news we want to cover, guys. Uh, Doctor Strange is joining Spider-Man 3. So what does this mean? Let's talk about it here. Uh, we're probably talking about a multiverse, Spideyverse, right? Where we're going to have different dimensions coming in. We already talked about Electro last week, the Jamie Foxx version is coming into this universe. Do you think we're going to be getting Tobey Maguire and Garfield in this world? I, I think, I think if they, I hope so. I think they should. I think that would yeah. be a fun little, you know, cameo for the fans and a good way to just kind of pin those movies back and say, you know, we're not reverting back to that. That's not a part of what we're doing, but that was done. And it kind of, it gives you closure for that. Those series, I guess like yeah. now those are technically part of the multiverse. It's just, a universe we're not exploring anymore. Uh, but I, I I think that's great. I think Spider-Man was always kind of the the multiverse uh, Marvel connection, right? Like he connected all the different uh, types of universes, right? Between well, like the... It, in the MCU versus... With, the, with MCU and Sony, yeah, he was kind of this connective thread, which why Venom, you know, is kind of this weird thing with Venom. Um, and then, yeah, there, he was... he's he, The Spider-Verse movie itself was really good. And then we've always had kind of these Spider-Verse situations where there's like different versions of Spider-Man out there. Um, but that's kind of the case with all of them in that case. But I think Spider-Man is a great way to introduce it and really get people to be a fan fan of it. Especially since the Spider-Verse movie, the animation one, did it so well. 
won all kinds of awards and really went over well. Yeah, I think that the only downside is that whole debate or the whole uh, dispute with Sony and everything. I hope they come to a concrete solution, either sell or yeah. buy or whatever, and we don't have to worry about that. Because he, I mean, Spider-Man is like the foundation of Marvel Comics. He's mm-hmm. a huge character. Yeah. And it sounds like he's a, a pivot point or foundation in their uh, MCU. So if they're going to dump more into him, invest more into his character, they need to have a concrete foundation under him and not worry that Sony's going to back out of a deal last minute. You're right. They need to lock him down ASAP uh, because we've had that problem in the past where, uh, oh, we're done working together. And then, you know, we talked about in the past. We'll bring it up again. Tom Holland, drunk, calls them up and was like, hey, guys, we really need to get this worked out. And he actually kind of negotiated them to come back to the table and discuss it one night when he was partying. (laughs) It's just like, thank God he had a couple extra beers that night and (laughs) saved Spider-Man. But yeah, so that's where we're at. Squeaks, what do you think is going to come out of this deal? With the Dutch Strange, uh, I, th- I mean, honestly, I think we're gonna um, kind of get what the the Miles Morales Spider Man, yeah, pretty much was, but live action. We need to see different types of Spider Mans, even like a uh, different outfits of Spider Man. Why not make him a different Spider Man? Like we always see some of that that uh, punk rock Spider Man with the spikes yes. on the head. Yeah, why not just make that a different one? But I don't want to see so many Peter Parkers. I think that's unnecessary. I think we could get uh, Tom Holland with uh, Tobey Maguire. I don't need to see an Andrew, yeah. uh, but I do want to see like um. Uh, like the Spider-Man Nori, 2099. Noir, yeah. Um, stuff like that. Maybe Noir, yeah. But maybe um, uh, maybe like the Fantastic Four version mm-hmm. of like when he was, you know, uh, yeah. s- stuff like that. Now, also, I think this is going to expand to WandaVision. Because I know you kind of spoiled it for me uh, last time we talked about WandaVision. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I had yeah. no clue that's where there was going. Yeah. But now... <clears throat> Uh, with Doctor Strange having his own movie that's a multiverse, coming into Spider-Man to have different multiverse Spider-Mans, and then WandaVision version where they're in like some type of universe um, from Scarlet Witch. So uh, I think that's the future of Marvel really looking right now. Just we're going to see, see a team of five different Spider-Mans. I mean, yeah. stuff like that, you know? I wouldn't yeah. hate it. I mean, it works really well in Spider-Verse. Yeah. And, and Miles Morales is really, really popular right now, so it doesn't hurt to try to get him kind of worked in. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we have Sinister Six kind of coming together as well with the Electro news from last week. So uh, mm. it can't it can't hurt. And and this kind of brings into the idea of like, is he going to be kind of a Tony Stark replacement in a way where he'll kind of give some like mentoring words and then be on his way? I think we can kind of see a little bit of that too. Uh, for uh, Tom Dr. Holland's character? Tom for for Doctor Strange. I think, yeah, Doctor Strange will come in and be like, these are what's going on with the multiverse stuff. Um you're doing a good job, kid. And then bounce. Like he'll kind of be that that mentor that'll hop in real quick and kind of give some kind words, like we've seen with with uh, Tony Stark and with uh, Happy, both giving like. Now, kind of are words. are we gonna? Do you predict that are we gonna see Spider Man take over basically Tony Stark's I, role? I would be happy with something like that because there was that time when yeah, when when Spider Man ran and funded the Avengers not very long ago. I liked that. I thought it was a really fun story and, and a good way to go. I would like yeah, to see that. Yeah, because I'm currently reading one, too, where he is basically Tony Stark, but Spider-Man. He has all right. these gadgets. and uh, Bring the bring the Spider-Man car. Where's that little yeah. car at? <laughs> like from the yeah. animated series. <laughs> yeah. Well, and um, then but, we uh, have the Black yeah. Panther, too, which also does like a lot of the physicals. So it'd be really cool to see those two work together. I'd like to see yeah. um, Black Panther's sister. I can't remember her name. Her. Shira? Shira? Yeah. Shira? Uh, yeah. I, I forget it. Yeah. There's so many names. It's so hard. It worked with Peter, and and I think that'd be really fun to see what that would look like. I think that'd be really yeah. cool. Yeah. 
All right, uh, that's it for us tonight, guys. Uh, we got it. We got a bunch of news for you, so it kind of ran long. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Um, again, we're going to be closing down the Patreon because we're going fully ad-supported, and we really appreciate all you guys' assistance, uh, and, and we could have gotten this way without all of our cool patrons. But join us over on uh, Discord. I know a lot of you guys already have, but join us on Discord. That's going to be our home uh, for extra content and just talking geek stuff. That's what we do best, uh, so meet us over there. Uh, that's going to be it for us, guys. You all have a wonderful week. On Friday, we have a new level up coming out. It's all about uh, Knights of the Old Republic. It was a lot of fun to record. We just did that this morning. Uh, so we'll see you guys then. All right. Good night. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.